Welcome back to the Big Blue Saloon, the football podcast that does not let the facts get in the way of good humor. I am Peter Storm, and as always, I'm joined with the man with the golden voice, Brett Merker, and the half-angry D-man, yet congested, Eric Diamonds. <laughs> Last week, guys, we were joined by our college football guru, Neil Martucci, and uh, he was very interesting. He gave us some great draft nuggets. But we've promised we won't ask him back till after the senior ball. He's made that quite clear. He does not want to talk draft until after the senior ball. Uh, but plenty to talk about. Tonight's episode will focus on the Giants' new GM, Joe Shane. Shane is the way to pronounce it. So we're not going to get into one of these Joe Shown, Joe Showin. It's Joe Shane. Um, he was hired last week after an extensive interview process. Or was it an extensive interview process? We'll get into that later. And, you know, guys, as everybody knows, I've been saying Joe Shane is going to be the choice for a long time. I actually looked back at something that I wrote seven weeks ago, and I had him as one of the top three candidates, him, uh, Monty Ossinfort, and Scott Pioli. So I, I I did have a feeling for whatever reason that this guy was going to be the general manager of the Giants. I remember you saying that, Pete, and what I, I haven't heard anything about Monty at all with any of these teams. What's going on with him? The only, the only reason he was a candidate with the Giants was, was because of yet, he, if they kept Joe Judge, he was a Joe, you know, he worked with Joe Judge. Right. So, you know, I, you, know you got to realize, I mean, and we, we'll get into it later, Mara pretty much confirmed up until the last three or four weeks, he thought he was going to hire Abrams. He didn't yeah. start compiling a list until a few weeks ago. So, um, he got, you know, they were pressured. I mean, there was no doubt about it. There would have been a, a fan uprising uh, if they went with Abrams and kept Judge and hired an Austin, Austin Ford. Um, D-Man, what do you, you know, as a, as a Giant fan, what do you think of the Joe Shane hiring? You know, the first thing that really hit me about him was the fact that his personality is such a contrast and difference compared to Gettleman. Gettleman was obnoxious, cocky, <laughs> arrogant. He and, trolled, and, Shane, he trolled, and don't forget, he trolled Giant fans with his Boston accent, too. Exactly. But Ching was, you know, he's humble. You know, you know, he wasn't. Look, he, he said all the things you expect to hear, uh, which in reality isn't much. But there's a, something about him. You know, D-Man, I, I, I would disagree. I listened to his press, press conference and I'm going to and I'm going to go through it in a bit. Uh, right, right after this, probably. But he actually said a lot more than than, than you would have thought he said. He, he he was pretty. Um, did you listen to the press conference? I did listen to the press conference. But my point is, they're not going to go into details at these press conferences. You know, they're well, I say- think I, I think he, I think in the press, you know, I think in the press conference, he he bad mouthed Gettleman in a way. Um, he shit on Gettleman. He admitted that John Mara is still very involved. Uh, you know, we'll, 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 you know, but anyways, just you, you, forgetting his personality and the fact that you think he's good looking and he reminds you of your college roommate, Phil Landman. I mean, tell us what you think about Joe there, Shane. There's a little similarity to that, actually, Phil Landman. <laughs> tell, us what, <laughs> tell us what you think about Joe Shane as a, as a, as a, as a football guy, as a coming from Buffalo. Um, do you think, you know, you think he well, was the right choice? Do you think he was the right choice given the other candidates? I mean, I like the candidates that they interviewed. I would have been happy with either one of them, but I'm certainly happy with Shane. Look, look at how how much Buffalo improved over the last number of years. And um, and all aspects of their team. It's not just, you know, 
um, Josh Allen. It's, it look how I mean, except for you know the last 13 seconds of the game, their their de- the Buffalo defense was great all year. Um, and um, so I he look his experience says it all. Um, and obviously he admitted that look, there's a lot of work to do, you know. And uh, but you know he said positive things about Daniel Jones. You know, that they're going to build around them, but does that mean just this year or even beyond that? So. I, actually, I actually thought he was a little, you know, um, Merker, you want us to get into this now or, or do you want to give your opinion on Joe Shane? Yeah, let's, um, I'll give you my quick opinion on Joe Shane and then we can get into it because listen, that is, that's a really important topic right now for the Giants. Uh, my, my feeling is kind of similar to what I said last week about it. Um, if, if whichever of those three that they were going to pick, uh, they're all coming from great organizations and you can't go wrong in my opinion. You really can't. I mean, we'll know if, if that's the case in a few years when the other two get hired, uh, one was already hired obviously yeah. with, uh, Chicago, yeah. Ryan Poles. And let's see about, uh, you know, the San Francisco guy. And there's a couple other, you know, good names out there, but I think it was a, for me, without knowing what's going to happen five years from now, it was a home run, no brainer. Uh, I think if, they can somehow convince Dable to not go to Miami. Although if I'm Dable, I go to Miami, not the Giants. Uh, I, it would be a grand slam for me, but we'll see who they get as coach. I think it was really good. Uh, I did not listen to the press conference, so I am definitely interested, Pete, in hearing you know what you heard. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the press conference. I just want to say one last thing on the Joe Shane hiring. I, I'm I'm all for him. Um, he seems like a he seems like a well you know a, a well accomplished. Um, candidate. He's from outside the Giants family, which is good. But I think we'd be all. I think Giant fans should know this. They're fooling themselves if they don't think this guy was a preconceived candidate. Uh, he got the num- first interview. There's a lot to be said for that. He got the first of the second interviews. He has ties to Bill Parcells. He worked for Dave Gettleman in Carolina. Uh, for whatever reason, this was the guy that I, you know, that they were gonna. None of the other guys ever had a chance. It was always going to be Joe Shane. I, from what I understand, Poles and um, – not Poles. Adam Peters blew them away, um, and they gave some serious consider- – you know, some consideration to him. But it was always Joe Shane's um, job to lose. That being said, he is a qualified candidate. And I'll start off by saying that I've been very negative whenever I've described these press conferences and when the Giants speak, but I will say – that I found Joe's candor, honesty, and his energy very positive. D-Man, you couldn't have said it better yourself. He was the complete polar opposite of, of Dave Gettleman, but he also didn't come off as fake like Joe Judge either. He came off as you know somebody who was, who was very happy to have the job. He wanted the job, and he wants to do you know he wants to do you know you know he wants to do right by the Giant fans. So. Here's what he said. There were some main points. And like I said, D-Man, I think he said more than you may have picked up. Maybe you were distracted. You were, uh, you know, reading uh, psychology today while you were watching, listening. I don't know. But <laughs> but uh, anyways, he, he did you know, he did say Daniel Jones is expected to be the starter. Although I have to say I found him to be somewhat noncommittal about whether Jones was the long-term starter or that they were going to start him this year and see what happens. But he did say that they will be committed to a scheme that accentuates his positives. Uh, you know, I, you what, know. By the thought, way, what are those? What are those positives? Those positives. He's mobile. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he runs like Forrest Gump. Yeah, he's mobile. I, I mean, 
listen, I, I you know, what, what is he going to say? You, you, the owner ownership wants Daniel Jones starting. I mean, if you listen to Mara afterwards, his comment about Daniel Jones is we've done everything to screw this kid up. So the Giants still have, you know, ownership wants Daniel Jones to be the starter. So what is this guy supposed to say? There's no, no better uh, candidate out there to start next year. And I'm talking about just next year than Daniel Jones. I think the interesting thing will be who's bring, who he brings in as backup. And I'm telling you, whether Seth Kaplan likes it or not, remember the name Mitch Trubisky. I've heard that too. Not just from you. I've read that a yeah. lot. Yeah. I, you know, it's, he, he was with Buffalo this year. He's not as bad as Seth Kaplan makes him out to be, but he was not as good to be the number two pick in the draft, but he'd be a good backup. Look, Jones is injury prone. They have to have a, a solid backup. 100%. They can't count on Jones. He has not proved that he can play an entire season. And he hasn't and proved these talented enough to play. I mean, you watch the quarterbacks in the playoffs. And D-Man, you text me this all the time, and it might be the most intelligent thing you ever say. Can you see <laughs> Daniel Jones doing this? That's what you keep texting me, and you're right. I, no way. <laughs> no way was he doing any of that. Yeah, guys, I just wanted to <clears throat> just bring one other, one thing up. We're talking about quarterbacks. You know, it also came out today that there's no way Marrow was going to get Deshaun Watson for obviously sec- all the sexual allegations and et cetera. Good move. I mean, as much as, you know, we, we go off on Mara and, and he should keep his hands out of things and what is he saying, uh, that would have been the worst move ever to, to, to try to sign Deshaun Watson. He just got ahead of the story. He said, no way that's happening. And like you said, Pete, one year of Daniel Jones, worst case scenario, you have another really good pick next year, and then you figure your quarterback out. Yeah, I mean, the only person who thought the Giants should get uh, Deshaun Watson is Neil Martucci. I mean, yeah. I've, I've been saying this all along in our group text. Our our group text would actually make a good podcast. Our, it really would. Uh, our group text, they're, they're, I, I've said it all along. There was no way the Giants were ever – Forget, forget anything else. The John Mara got screwed by the Josh Brown situation. He was never going through that again, and and you know it's a cat nightmare. It, they, they, and I actually think that what he said about Deshaun Watson also goes for Russell Wilson. Not trading for Russell Wilson either. Yeah. A- anyways, Shane also went on to say the coaching choice will be a collaborative effort between he and ownership. So it's not exactly what we all wanted to hear because we we want the Maris to stay out of it. And, and it's interesting, it came out just now, when Merker alluded to it like 15 seconds ago, Brian Dabble is actually the uh, lead candidate for the Miami job. And, you know, it was speculated today, and it was at Joe's, Shane was asked about this. You know, it's obvious that Shane wants to bring in Dabble, but, but uh, what's his name? But Mara is very much in love with Brian Flores and Dan Quinn. So there is already, you know, and, and, and he said that. He said, if we can't agree on a coach, by the end of the week, then we're going to bring in new candidates. So that's when they may bring in the D-man's bad guy, Doug Peterson. So well, this, this... listen, Pete, I, so that is very alarming. I did not know that yeah. was the case. That yeah. is, I just gave Mara credit. He's an idiot if he's doing that. He is doing it. It's a, he wants to say in the coaching. I mean, Joe Shane came out and said it is a collaborative – well, I mean, really, what is he supposed to say? Yeah, but that's the company saying. He's not going to say, oh, it's all me. Mara has no say. He's not going to say that. I, I know, but he could have said he's got he's got the most. You know, he could have said, "Well, my I have if it's two two, I'm the tie breaking vote." Something like that. He could have said, he didn't yeah. say that. Yeah, but the company, you know, they're gonna say, you know, we're all one team, we all have to work together, and we're gonna work, you know, in a collaborative way. They're always gonna say that. The question is, does Dable want to, to be with two in Miami, or does he wanna 
stay with stay with Shane and for the Giants. I mean, well, Dabble's got he, he's got connections to both. He was an assistant in Miami, and he's got and then you he'd be working for Joe Shane in New York. If I if I was him, you know, you know Miami. I, all things being equal, you get lower taxes in Miami. Here you work for Joe Shane. The New Giants is a you know is a historic franchise. You're really playing with house money the first couple of years you're coaching with the Giants. I think all things being equal, he would come here. I, I just don't think that Mara is ready to sign off on Brian Dabble. Otherwise, this would be done already. I mean, you know what? I, I kind of disagree with that point. I, I think that the the Miami job is super attractive for da- for Dabble Dable, however you say his name. Uh, the defense was fantastic this year, so the defense is ready to go. The offense with Jalen Waddle is exciting. You know, the running game is you know has Gaskin is okay. Uh, the, the question is Tua, right? Um, but and Dabble coached him at Alabama. So if, correct. He, if he was super interested in Tua, he'd be there already too. So Well, right. But so, you know, if the rumors are true and he's looking into Miami and, and they could be close, uh, I think that would be the job that I would take if I'm Dabble. I understand the New York thing, but listen, you guys have said it a million times. It's nice to have these top two, you know, top 10 picks that they have. Uh, but this team is years away from competing, in my opinion, the Giants I'm talking about. Why not go to a team that, you know, needs a, a little bit of help and, you know, change up this offense and, you know, he can get to the, the deep into the playoffs with the Dolphins. Why wait five years for the Giants? I, I, in the NFL, you can turn it around in two years. Look at the Bengals, but um, <laughs> well, well, the, Joe Burrow. But I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. But, we don't have Joe Burrow. Uh, we might right. next. Who knows? I'm just. It's a tough. I, I. It's a tough choice after what happened to Flores. I mean, you know, you're looking at a coach there that did pretty well, and they fired him. I mean, whatever yeah. the case may be. I mean, you know, these other coaches they look at that. John Mara wants a coach that's going to be here for ten years. I mean, he, he wants that. He doesn't want to be having these press conferences. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a tough he, choice. It's, it, it, there's more to this than just talent base of the two teams. I think. I agree. I agree. I mean, good point. I, the last thing I'll say, and then we can move on, is. You know, to me, uh, Dable Dabble is the <laughs> is the clear it's the clear choice because it comes with the least baggage. What I mean by that is, we know already he's he's an excellent offensive mind. He comes from a great organization. He knows Joe Shane. That's how you say his name, Joe Shane. Shane. Um, with Dan Quinn, there's question marks. Some people want him. Some people are not sure about him. There's question marks. Uh, obviously about Doug Peterson, uh, Brian Flores gets fired. Although, you know, he seems to be a, f- a really good coach. You really want that in, you know, in New York. I mean, I know well, I can, I can t- excited. But... I, I, can t- I can tell you right now, two guys you don't want is Todd Bowles yeah. and Leslie Frazier. <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean all, all coaching interviews were canceled for Todd Bowles. You haven't heard a word about Todd Bowles since that, the end of that Bucks Rams game. And yeah, and, and the giants are the only ones interviewing Leslie Frazier. So, you know, it's 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 very telling. Hey, Merkel, let, me, let me just Merkel, let me just say this. Um, you said you know you talked about the concerns about you know uh, you know fours and stuff, but there's also concerns about someone who's never coached before because sure. um, you don't know how they're going to be in that position, and that's what the Giants have done the last few coaches they've hired, and they've been disasters. Shermer was a head coach, D man. Know your facts. Well, that's true, but Mac is terrible. Though. You know, you know what the funniest part of the press conference was today was that Joe Shane kept saying the Giants had 11 draft picks in this upcoming draft. This is how scary this organization is. They only have nine. 
Somebody oh, gave yeah, yeah. you know. I didn't under- think that was too high. It's funny you mentioned that. I did question, it, and I meant to check to see if that was accurate because Mike, am I missing something? No, it's not accurate. They 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 have nine picks, not eleven. So it, it, you know, right or he was already joking around, and in Dave Gettleman's draft room, there's magnets. The, <laughs> oh, remember those man. magnets when we were kids, and we would put them on a refrigerator with yep. the football team. <laughs> he was saying that's what the Giants. So he he did say he has to modernize their draft process. Um, he also said he, with the coaching, he doesn't need he doesn't require somebody who's a head coach before. He wants somebody <coughs> who exhibits leadership and a willingness to play young players. That's a very interesting thing because he also went on to say that the, that Gettleman left the salary cap. It's a major issue. Can't hide for that. They're going to have to cut a lot of veteran players just to give themselves room. But Mara has told him he'll eat all the dead money necessary to to clean up the cap. So so that was interesting. And then Schoen finally said. He's looking to compete and rebuild at the same time. He said, you know, he he was a popular candidate and he took this job because of the passion of ownership and their willingness to give him the resources to get back to the Super Bowl contender. So that's where he gave the fluff and stuff that the D-man was talking about. Plus, Parcells it, gave him positive feedback about the Giants organization. Yeah, like, like, like I said, listen, Mara is an idiot, but he's an idiot in the fact that he's loyal. I mean, he, he even said he doesn't want to do another one of these GM press conferences for a long time, it's embarrassing for him. If you think about them, from 1979, they had from 1979 to 2007, they had two GMs, George Young and, and Ernie Accorsi. And now since 2007, they've had Jerry Reese and Dave Gettleman and now Joe Shane. So that it's not the way they like. They like to go with the Steelers, like the Steelers do with the, the with the you know with the with, with how they have um, Tomlin and Cowers, their only coaches over the last 30 years. That's the way that that's the way Mara wants to do it. That's why I think this is a, a, a attractive job because if you do a good job, you're going to have job security that you usually don't have in sports. Yeah, I mean, fair I mean these guys. I mean, Gettleman, Gettleman did about as bad of a job, and I know we've spent a lot of time here, and I'm not spending any more time on it because I'm so happy the guy is gone. But he did about as bad of a job as any GM could ever do in any sport in the history of sports, and he got four years and a retirement send off. So okay, yeah, that's a disgrace. <laughs> so Joe Shane's going to come in here, and he's probably he's you know listen right off the bat he he you know he he's he is qualified he is has a lot of good draft picks with the Bills and and Brandon Bean has given him a lot of credit for it. So you know we'll see what happens. I mean listen, I thought his press, first press conference was genuine. That's the best word I can use. It was genuine. It wasn't the arrogance and smugness of Gettleman and it wasn't the bravado of Joe Judge. So it was a little bit refreshing to me when I watched it. I did get interrupted by uh, my, my, my it, 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 towards the end by work, which they should know better. But, uh-huh. but I, I was able to listen to most of it. And, um, you know, welcome to Joe Shane. Nobody hopes he does a better job. I'm willing to give him a chance, you know, uh, you know, the, with free agency and the draft. You know, right off the bat, Merker, I, I don't, you know, the, the Gettleman error in the draft is Mar is, is the theme of that, those drafts is him consistently picking players five to 10 slots above where they should have been picked. Yeah, listen, Pete and D man, if I'm a Giants fan, which I'm not obviously, but I'm, I don't hate the Giants, I was excited for the Joe Shane hire. You guys, Gettleman is gone, Joe Judge is gone. It, it, we have, you have a clean slate. There's a lot of issues, obviously. Uh, but you have a guy from a great organization who's who's hungry, um, who gets a, a seal of approval from Bill Parcells. And he um, flew and he flew commercial. And he flew commercial. <laughs> I mean, this guy seems like you know, he's a mensch. First, 
He's a he mensch. seems like a mensch. He's so a mensch. Let's hope. Let's hope Dable is the guy because I I really believe that's a grand slam. And if not, and you're looking, you know, for me, if it's between Flores and Quinn, although Flores has some question marks because of this firing, obviously I would pick Flores. But if it's, I don't like the comment you made though about how Mara said if we can't agree on something, we'll interview other people. That's strange to me. That's already starting conflict. That's not what Mara said. Mara Shane said that, not Mara. Oh, Shane said it. Yeah. Sorry. Well, either way, I mean that makes no sense. Well, I think I think you know. Listen, if I you know, the the guys they've interviewed have has been Dabble, Dable, and all defensive coordinators. Now, you know. I know the D-man wants a Doug Peterson or a Brian Flores. He wants a guy with coaching experience. But if they don't go with a guy with head coaching experience, I feel like they really should go on the offensive side of the ball. So I, I'm a little yes. disappointed they didn't interview Mike McDaniel. Um, so because because on the defensive side, there's a lot of really good defensive coordinators out there that are unemployed. There's Mike Zimmer. There's Vic Fangio and, and, and Wink Martindale. I mean, yeah. the big the big rumor earlier this week was it was Dabble, Martindale, and Dorsey supposed to be the coaching of the Giants. That would have been a, a complete home run, but it yes. really to me it really seems like Mara is stalling the Dabble hiring, and and I know Ox is very upset about it because if if Dabble and Shane are the combination, he gets on here again. So, <laughs> you don't I, think you there's know, any chance the coach, in the world about Sean Payton going yeah, back home? Yeah. Sean, yeah. Sean, Sean, Sean Payton, if he gets back into coaching, those type of guys don't go to the Giants. He's going to go to Dallas. Dallas He's going to sit out a year. And if McCarthy doesn't win the Super Bowl next year, he'll be coaching Dallas in 23. I agree with that. And <clears throat> he's going to take a year off and go in the booth and yeah. you know, go on the, all the shows. He likes that stuff. Do so. the booth, yeah. There, there's a Netflix show on about him, too. He likes that, you know. He likes, he likes that. So Kevin James plays him in a Netflix show um, <laughs> that Kevin I, I want to check up. But, yeah, I mean, the coaching search, I think next week when we're doing this podcast, the Giants probably will have a coach. I think when it's all said and done, I think Dabble's putting a little pressure. Dabble's agent might be putting a little pressure on the Giants because I still think that's his number one choice. Even if the Dolphins might be a more attractive job, it's still better to work for the devil you know than the devil you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, you know, he, he knows Shane, and Shane really likes him. And, 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 and you know, I think – all things being equal, he probably would prefer the giant job. I'm not basing that on anything I know. Um, Eno Connor, who I do text with on a daily basis, believes that uh, Brian Flores is a real good shot at the job, and the Giants have done a lot, a lot of due diligence on him. So we'll see. I, I you know, we I don't think we'll need a breaking news podcast tonight, which I'd probably be doing myself because Merker would only do it for the Jets and the D man. Like I said, goes completely off the grade by nine o'clock. So you know, we'll see. We'll see. Listen, uh, if it if it breaks tonight, I'm available to you. All right, I, I don't think it will. So I think you're it's safe. It's not going to happen tonight. I think you're safe. I think you're safe. I, I mean, they 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 interviewed Patrick Graham today. They're not going to make any announcements until they uh, interview Brian Flores tomorrow. Um, so I, I would say a, a Saturday, possibly next Monday time frame. You know, maybe during the you know between the uh, conference championships and the Super Bowl. Yeah, I could Bowl. see Monday being the day. Yeah, and I and I still think gun to my head, I still think it's Brian Dabble. Um, D-Man, gun to your head, who do you think it's going to be? Um, originally, I thought of Brian uh, Dobble, um, but because, you know, the connection with Miami, hearing, you know, the noise about that, I'm starting to think Brian Flores. But, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not confident either way, to be honest. Merck? I, I agree with D-Man, actually. I, I, I think that um, 
whether smoke there's fire and maybe the you know the agent's trying to leverage the Giants a little bit to get a better deal who knows but I think there's something in that Tua connection I think it's going to be Brian Flores also because Mara you know seems to really like Flores like you said so uh the guys listen I would not be upset about that either you just have to hope that these supposed anger issues he has in controlling nature is not going to be a problem but it's anything is better than Joe judge. That's for sure. Yeah. And Shane and Flores do have a prior relationship, but I, the one guy I don't want, I don't want Leslie Frazier, um, the defensive coordinator of the bills. Um, and I'm yeah. not, you know, people talking, forgot he used to be the coach of the Vikings. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm not just talking about the defensive collapse. Uh, they lost more because they didn't have a squib kick. So I, you know, I think the Bills should really go hire Joe Judge to fix their special teams. <laughs> Green Joe, Bay maybe needs Joe, to do Joe that. Judge is an expert on squib kicks, and he'll even fake them out. He'll like put his put the kicking team out there, and then take them off and put them back out there just just for a little, a little foolishness. Well, but... Judge's special plays is the quarterback sneak. <laughs> I I have a question for you guys. I want you guys to answer this, but be serious about it. Uh, first, D man, and then Pete, you give your answer. Uh, will Joe Judge ever get another NFL coaching job? Not head coach, just a coaching job. D-Man, you first. Um, I, 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 I do think he will, but I could see him maybe going to college first. Yeah. Pete? Yeah, I, I agree with D-Man. I was going to say the exact same. He, he's either going to go back to New England, um, possibly Tennessee, or – or um, college. Yeah. And I say Tennessee because that guy Austin Ford is there and, and Vrabel's the coach. I mean, um, th- what a way to do a disfavor to yourself. I mean, what a disaster. I mean, I, just unbelievable. Um, so. he, should never, he should never have been a head coach. You know, he, he's, just no. car, he, he's like a used car salesman. I mean, yeah. you, know, you know, and, he, and we, he said all the things that Giant fans want to hear. You know, we're going to play smash mouth football and I'm going to bring the Belichick gambling here and – and, I, and, and you know it's funny is is um, Shane alluded to it. He's like, we got to use analytics. You gotta, he says once in a while you got to go on a fourth down. He literally said that on his. On his I mean, he's really done his homework on the Giants. I mean, you know, and he's only had the job a short time, and he 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 had their number. I mean, I mean, listen, it doesn't take a you know uh, uh, doesn't take a rocket science to say the problem with the team is the offensive line, but he was very specific about it. So yeah. you know. All that yeah, he said great. that there's there's certain areas positions that are are certainly weaker than others. That was his way of saying it. Yeah. Anyways, that you know that's that's it on the Giants. I mean, you know, we, I think all three of us are happy about Shane. I still think Dabble's going to be the coach. D Man and Merck think it's going to be Flores. I'll be honest with you, it's a flip of the coin at this point. Um, so Merck are all quiet in the Jets land. Let's not spend too much time here, but uh, a very quiet off season for the Jets. Uh, but I do think one more bad year and Joe Doug, you know, say they go three and 14 next year. I think Joe Douglas, I think you guys will be looking for a new general manager. Uh, yeah, it is quiet, um, which is fine. I get to relax and, and focus on the Knicks, which is actually painful right now. We can talk about that later, but uh, we will. Yeah, the, I, I am not, I am not seeing, I am not reading really much about anything, obviously other than, you know, draft rumors, which are absolute bullshit useless um, right now they're they're useless you know i saw a list of you know the, like the top five cornerbacks and free agency that are coming out and are the jets gonna try to go after because they have a lot of cap space and then you don't have to worry about you know drafting stingley who has so many question marks but and it's funny stingley you know it's the only thing we want to talk about with the draft is it seems like stingley has fallen to maybe the third 
corner that's going to be taken. So yeah, it's fascinating yeah. how that yeah. happens. Um, yeah. so yeah, nothing going on at all, which is fine with me. It's a quiet off season for now, but things will pick up. Obviously, you, the Senior Bowl, like you said, is coming up. Free agency is you know here almost right. Um, you know, and it's you know you you said something about the Senior Bowl. But it's really nice that the D man is paying for Neil Martucci to go to the to the uh, to the Senior Bowl. That is nice. Where is it? This, <laughs> is it what is it like? I forgot where it's held. Isn't it in Mobile at Mobile, Alabama? Isn't it? Yeah, I think you're right. So yeah, so the D man figuring you know that it would be great for this podcast if we sent representation down there. He didn't want to go himself. Um, he knows I don't want to go, and he knows you you know Merker, you have all kinds of other responsibilities. So he has generously offered to pay for Neil Martucci. To head down to Mobile, out Mobile, Alabama, for the Senior Bowl. Well, I'm already credit card debt, so just put it on on the. On the- <laughs> yeah, just charge it to the diamonds. What was the movie? <laughs> Fletch charge it to the Underwoods. He's just charging it to the or the Underhills or whoever it was. We're just Fletch charging. Is, Fletch is my top three favorite comedy movies of all time. I love Fletch. They're, uh, they're doing a remake of it. It's never going to be nearly as funny. No, no way. Um, yeah. But we we digress. We digress. But yes, you you and I, happy days in Fletch. We yes. can talk about that all day. Absolutely. Uh, like we just mentioned about the draft, not much going on there. The D-man is sending Martucci down to Mobile, Alabama. So when Martucci comes back, he will be a frequent contributor to the podcast right through the April 28th draft party at his house. Um, and we might have a contest for some special guest to show up there. You know Ox is going to want to win that, especially if he knows you're going to be there, Merker. Yeah. Anyways, um, the playoffs, I mean, we don't usually talk about the other teams besides the Giants and the Jets, but I think uh, we would be irresponsible in our uh, in our obligations to our listeners to not talk about these games. And what might have been one of the greatest football weekends of all time, and it's why the NFL, I mean, 35 million people watched the end of the Bills-Chiefs game. And, you know, there's so many ways to go about this. You know, it started with uh, – the Bengals over the Titans, which I think we all called on, uh, we all called on, called that one um, on this podcast last week. None of us were sold on the Titans. Uh, and then, you know, then you had what was the second game? You had the 49ers over the Packers, where Aaron, Aaron Rodgers uh, really didn't look like he cared much. And then, then you got into Sunday and you had the Bucks Rams. And I don't know about you guys, but it never seemed to me that Tom Brady was really into that game. I, I, yeah, he he looked defeated very early on, yeah. and and he realized he was against a juggernaut. I mean, Aaron Donald is a freak, um, and I agree, Pete. I thought the same thing. He just looked, which yeah. leads me to believe that who he might retire. I, I think his wife, you know, he he looked like a guy who had been completely worn out by his wife before the game, and <laughs> with, with her, and not in a good way, with her, <laughs> with her all over him. To retire, and I think that's what's going on. I think he want you know he's, he wants to retire now. I got to admit when when they came back, and you know he didn't have that. It was more the defense and the turn and can Aper Acres as turnovers and, and and stupid plays that let the Bucks back in there. It wasn't really it ain't yeah. Mike Jalen Ramsey not covering Mike. I don't really understand these defensive coordinators this week. I mean, leaving Mike Evans open and and Cooper Cup. How let Tyler Higby or Van Jefferson beat you? You let two Cooper Cup wide open on two straight plays. There should have been three, four guys on Cooper Cup. I know it's crazy. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't believe what I was watching. And then if those games weren't bad, if they even then you had the Bills Chiefs game, which was like insane. Uh, it was like a dream come true for a football fan. 
13 seconds left. Pat was enough time for Pat Mahomes to come back, and he left Tyreek Hill open. <laughs> I don't know what. Yeah, that I, 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 I got to be honest with you. I'm not an NFL coach, but like, I, I, I just don't know how some of that. Like, how did some of that stuff happen? I mean, we were all sitting there in amazement watching this stuff. I mean, I, you know, the group, like I said, our group text would make a great podcast. The three of us do a decent job of translating it here, but. Some of the comments, you know, you bring in Nemo with his, like, you know, Nemo's, I don't even know what to call it. He's like a cheerleader. And then you got Kaplan, like, you, know, you never know which angles Kaplan's going to take. And Martucci's always trolling all of us. I, I, I mean, you know, he's, but he's, you know, Bray Cohen, Bray the devil. And it was just a crazy week of football. I, I couldn't even tell you now who's going to win, who's going to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I listen, I, I agree. You said something earlier, like, the, it's, the 35 million that watched yeah. you know, that bill. I mean, it, NFL is a marketing marvel. It really is. Like, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable that so many, we are, we are so intrigued by guys just absolutely beating the shit out of each other, getting Yay. concussions, breaking legs, and then, and then having thrilling, unbelievable plays and games like that Bill's chiefs game. I mean, Pete, that was, so you said something earlier I think it's the greatest uh, day of football ever for the playoffs. I think, I mean, I don't uh, think there's ever for, been for, better. For me, for me and the D man, it's the four, four giant Super Bowl titles, but then you go on to this weekend of football. Yeah, uh, no, I understand. Yeah. That. No, no, no. no. I, yeah, no, listen, you, you're right. It, it, it was, it was, you know, I, the, and the NFL beyond being a fun product that the officials do their best to try to ruin, by the way. I mean, some of the officiating and the replays and the, you know, uh, fucking give them a break on a delay of game and some of the holding calls. But the NFL just mark, you know, you just know who the NFL stars are. You know, you know, there's Patrick Mahomes and now, you know, there's Josh Allen and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and, and now Joe, you know, the NFL wanted green Bay and Tampa and the, uh, it doesn't doesn't matter. They could put Jacksonville and Detroit in the Super Bowl and 35 million people are going to watch. I mean, that's true. That's just the NFL. I mean, the NFL's ratings, between seven o'clock and nine o'clock, just that point, there was more viewers that watched than watched the entire NBA Finals or something like. I read some crazy stat like that. So it's just you know, it, it was just truly an you know, I I just know I was lucky and I was able to watch the games in their entirety on Sunday and and it was just me truly, too. And I and I don't usually get that opportunity, but it was just truly an amazing. You know, I felt very lucky to have been able to watch that and I, you can't always say that when you sit sit in all day and you watch sports i mean that's just... i i, I well, agree 100 percent. it was a great day d-man uh, give your point and then i want to ask you a question right after well i want to know well, if d-man even watched the games or is at the great american mall <laughs> no i wasn't at the at the mall uh this past weekend you know I, you know p you had mentioned before that i'll i'll, I'll text and say you know can Dan, daniel jones do that you know the one thing i noticed at the kansas city uh, game on that last drive if you really really listen to it you heard Mahomes go Kelsey do it do it and what Kelsey uh, had said is that he knew he could basically do a, a seam right up the middle because the Chiefs uh, were guarding the sidelines which was a mistake because the uh, Bills. the the I'm sorry the Bills did that but the Chiefs had all their timeouts so it was stupid to guard the sideline sidelines and leave the middle open so all he did was run straight down the middle and Mahomes threw it right to him. Yeah. But that what I was talking about is that it's the connection between the quarterback 
in the receivers. Oh, and that's it's, something it's, no, I haven't seen with the Giants well, well, in well, many, well, well, many well, years. No, you're wrong. The connection between Daniel Jones and Evan Agram rivals, <laughs> rivals any connection that you could ever imagine in football. I mean, where where else do you have a quarterback who throws to a tight end and it bounces off his hands and he gets interceptions? I mean, that's a connection. Daniel yeah, Jones that, and Evan Agram. That a negative is connection. Here's my here's my question for you guys. Here's my question for you guys. And obviously, this was the most talked about thing for the weekend. And and we have to give our opinions. We'll start with D Man, then Pete, and then me. Um, you know, these overtime rules have to change. They just have to change. I mean, Josh Allen came out and he did the right thing. Um, he said, "Listen, we, you know, essentially, we needed to win the game. That's it. The rules are the rules." And I don't know if you guys saw this, but the um, the Kansas City fans raised like $175,000 for some charity in Buffalo, um, which was really classy. Just, you know, like very a lot of respect between the two franchises, between Josh Allen and Mahomes. Josh Allen comes out, he doesn't complain, he says the right thing. Uh, but you just felt crushed for Josh Allen, that he did not have a chance to, to you know, be on offense. So, you know, I want to hear from D-Man first. D-Man, what do you what what is the answer to this overtime rule? Because it's got to change. Or maybe you're in the camp of no, let's just keep it. I do think they should change it because basically it's based upon a coin flip. However, you know, the defense has to stop the other team and yeah. do the job. And the reality is the Bills should have won if they could have held on for 13 seconds. Fair enough. Fair enough, Pete. So, you know, it's funny, right? When, after the, when the game was going on and it happened, emotionally, I just didn't want the game to end. So I wanted it to be that Josh Allen got another shot at it. But then, you know, you sit back and you, you think about it and the rule's been there for a long time and you read. and only Actually, you forget you could have won a game with a field goal back in the day. Oh, oh right. So I was going to say, and D-Man makes a good point too, 52%, only 52% of the teams that win the coin flip actually win the game in overtime with their first possession. Yeah. So that's not that much. And then, you know, second of all, the, the Bills, all they had to do was stop them for 13 seconds. All they had to do was do a squib kick and they win the game. I, then I, all they got to do is hold them to a field goal instead of a touchdown. They showed no resistance. And granted, they were exhausted um, at that point. But, you know, I, I, I just feel, listen, could they change, you know, change the rule? And I, I'm kind of on, the, I don't, I'm kind of on the fence about it. I, I don't think I, I'm kind of agnostic, to be it honest. It is fair if they, if they do change, that. I mean, if truly they fair. The rule, great. It, it was more about I just didn't want to see that game end. And when it ended, I was just like disappointed. It was like like an empty feeling at that point. I agree, and I, I happen to be rooting for the Bills, and I love Josh Allen. But um, you know, my my thought is, I, I don't disagree with you guys. Like, I, if they don't change the rule. I understand why they're not changing the rule and, and D man's right. The defense has to make a stop. But what I heard today was, you know, somebody brought up, I was listening actually to um, Sirius XM NFL radio, Pat Kerwin, you know, he suggested like something like uh, if each, if, if the Chiefs score a touchdown, um, it gives Josh Allen an opportunity to score. Obviously if he does not score a touchdown, they lose. If he scores a touchdown, the Chiefs get it again. And then, if and they, it's sudden death. And then it's sudden death. Exactly. So, like, you know, giving them one round to go at each other, I think might be an interesting way to do it. It gives the fans what we yeah. want. They do it know, in college. And, they do it in college. Correct. That's what they were saying, it, yeah. is to make it more like college. Yeah, they might, they might as well. I mean, they might as well do it. I mean, you know, they might as well. At this point, yeah. they did it with field goals, so do the touchdown now. I, I, 
you know, Jay Schwartz, our good friend Jay Schwartz, is leading the charge on Facebook to have this changed. He's got a lot of momentum with his. Uh, I can see it being changed. I actually can now. Yeah, I think so too because people, you know, they've been talking about it all over. I've seen it in regular news, not just sports news, like because everybody watched that. Obviously, thirty-five million people. Uh, everybody's calling for it. Like I've seen it on some serious news channels. Like, oh, did you see that game? We got to change the overtime rules. So I think you're right. I think it's going to be changed. It's a great point, Merker. Good question. So now we headed into the sad part is now we only have two weekends left of football. Oh. Um, I know it's it's like it's the worst. And you know we got we got in game one we've got the uh, I believe it's the uh, uh, Chiefs versus the Bengals in game one and those two played a great game in week. 17 or 18 week 17 they had a great game where the Bengals won 34 31 so that could be a good game and then we got the uh, 49ers and the Rams at uh at, at the night game and they'll be you know the the Rams are, the Rams are so concerned about 49er fans invading so so Fi stadium they made some kind of geographical limit on ticket sales that huh. that not that that's gonna work because people just resell them on the secondary market but I mean, that's just fucking insane at this point. I mean, uh, you know, play the game. Uh, I, You know, I don't have any real predictions on this game. The 49ers, the comparisons of the 49ers to the 2011 Giants is a little ridiculous. Jimmy Garoppolo is not Eli Manning. I mean, maybe there's some other comparisons, but, um, I, you know, why not? I'm going to say the 49 you know, listen, I my Super Bowl pick's in the bag, so I'm going to say now I think the 49ers are going to win this game. It's going to be the 49ers and the uh, – and the and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I had the Chiefs all along. I'm going to stick with that. Steve, what do you think? You know, the 49ers have beaten the Rams twice, and they seem to own their ass. But I can't imagine them beating them three times. Well, I think they'll at least cover Cooper Cup. <laughs> I think they'll cover yeah. Um, you know, the Rams have to stop the run. It's, it's, they really well, do. Well, they got to stop committing turnovers. They had four oh, turnovers. Oh, that's true, too. And Stafford's, Stafford's overdue for a pick six, so. Um, I, you know, Samuel, I can see Debo, the, Debo Samuel is a stud. He I mean, is. You know, it's just you – know, that's – Kadarius Tony should be should be Debo Samuel. Well, the only thing Tony's done is gotten that tattoo, but yeah, – um, You have the same one, don't you? <laughs> um. I could see the 49ers winning because to me, they're more physical than the Rams, but I think the Rams are somehow going to pull this out. Um, and in the, uh, the Bengals game, I got to go with the chiefs. Um, you know, the big difference between playing Tannehill and Mahomes. So I think the Bengals defense is in for rude awakening a little bit. So, so for me, um, you know, the, the, the line right now obviously could change by this weekend, but the Chiefs are seven-point favorites. Uh, the Rams are three-and-a-half-point favorites, and that Rams spread is alarming to me. Um, I, I, I realize that 49ers have beaten them a couple times, but this is a, a Rams team um, that, although they had some turnovers, made some mistakes, they beat a very good Tampa Bay team. I know they were shorthanded, but you still beat Tom Brady. Um Aaron Donald is, is an absolute animal, uh, but that line is alarming to me, and Las Vegas tends to know what they're talking about. So I'm going to agree with Pete here. I think 49ers, uh, you know, um, have something going right now. I don't know that they're going to win a Super Bowl, but I think they're going to upset the Rams. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the 49ers. And then um, as much as I would love to 
it won't, maybe won't be the greatest Super Bowl. As much as I'd love to see a 49ers-Cincinnati uh, Super Bowl because it would just be strange. Well, it'd be, well uh, huh? they played in the Super Bowl before, right, in 1981. Yeah. Yeah, right. was quarterback back then. Collinsworth. No, it was not Boomer. It was, wasn't it Ken Anderson versus Joe Montana? No, Boomer. No, it was Boomer. Was it Boomer? Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 49ers won that. Um, so while I would – well, I would like to see that. I do think that the Chiefs are rolling right now, and uh, it's going to be the Chiefs and the 49ers in the Super Bowl. For, for my viewing pleasure and our viewing pleasure, I'd prefer it to be the Rams versus the Chiefs because I think that'll be a better Super Bowl, but um, I, I think 49ers win that. All righty. So we'll see. We'll be here next week to, uh, to uh, see what happens. Um, enjoy that. Last double header of the year because the the next double header you get is not until next September. So it's a long, you know, little, at least you got March Madness in there, but there could be a long baseball lockout um, in between. So enjoy the football this weekend. Is all I can tell you. Uh, the Big Blue Saloon Facebook page we went up one person, and it happens to be Eric Diamond's daughter, so she does not get a T-shirt. We're still uh-huh. look, we're still looking for that elusive 200th member, and I I've been a little lazy about it. There's something I can, you know, I'm going to try and. She put wants it. that T-shirt. Oh, I maybe I'll give her a T-shirt. So, um, <laughs> you know, I'm a nice guy, and uh, I like your daughter. She's a hardworking. She just kid. joined Facebook, so. Ah, Mazel Tov. Um, so yeah, was, we're still looking for that 200 member, but that 200 member's got to be a special person. Can't be some, you know, ridiculous person out of nowhere. So uh, now's the time for my favorite part of the show. All those. I don't know. This, would have been, this has been a pretty good show to this point. A lot of fun humor. Um, our final thoughts. Uh, we will start with the D-Man. Well, uh, just to reiterate, reiterate, uh, reiterate what everyone has said is that it was an incredible weekend of football. We'll probably never see that again for a long time. Um, would have been nice if, uh, if the Giants were involved, but at least for you know, we were able to enjoy football and just be a fan. Um, so hopefully the games will continue to be great. Um, you know, the Knicks are just really disappointing. And the only good thing that's happened is that Barrett's been playing well. Um, they're losing by 13 at halftime to Miami right now. So it's just, it's another loss. You have MSG yet? Nope. This is the weekly D-man MSG check. <laughs> nah, it's, it's, yeah, I know. It's, 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 it's really uh, upsetting. I mean, thank God they're not so great this year where it's not going to, you know, bother me as much, but uh, although tonight they're on ESPN, but um, you know, other than that, just looking to see how much snow we get this weekend. Yeah, for me, uh, two things I wanted to cover are are the exact as exact same thing as D Man. I'll keep my theme with the Knicks, but before that, uh, you know, what a great job to be a meteorologist because <laughs> I mean, it is. I, I've been watching the weather all day. My son Jesse's a huge weather fan, like me. I know Pete, you like it too. Yeah, yeah. D man um, too. D man too. D man. Uh, sports, D- sports and weather. That's what we used to say about <laughs> D man in college. Sports. Yeah, and weather. I love it as well. And I mean, Jesus Christ, every five minutes it's changing back and forth from a you know the the biggest blizzard of all time to one inch of snow here in, in Bergen County well, and, and somebody, New Jersey. Somebody put it best. We're going to get between zero and 20 inches of snow on Saturday. So. Yeah, exactly. Go. Good rain. I mean, it, it's it's just so – that's my first thought. It's great to be a meteorologist. Second is, um, yeah, the Knicks, I have the same feelings that D-Man does. I'm, I'm disappointed. I, I, I'm, you know, they, they tease you a little bit. They win a couple in a row. They look really good. And then 
They just immediately look like shit. Randall is is a big problem. He's a huge problem. I don't like his body language. I don't like some of the reports I'm hearing. Um, I, 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 Merck, what, 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 what happened? I, I don't know. I something think happened with him. I don't know what it is. I mean, something behind the scenes, maybe yeah. will something yeah. will come out yeah. at some point. But I think you know, um, maybe this is a guy that, and I don't know enough, but maybe this is a guy that just has not gotten, has not been criticized uh, in his career. Like, and New York fans are the best fans in the world. The the Knicks fans. And, you know, when if, if you perform well, and Charles Barkley, I think, is the one that said this recently. Like, if you perform well, they're going to be your biggest fans. If you fuck up and you're an NBA player making a lot of money, then you have to – you, you got to deal with booze. Like, it is what it is. And he just – he doesn't like being booed. He wants to be the guy – he wants to be the man. Unfortunately, Tibbs seems to be mesmerized by this guy and keeps giving him minutes. Maybe that's – coming from somebody else i don't think so i think that's a tip i don't think decision. so I, I, don't th- I, don't, I don't think somebody's telling fibs to to like the beginning of this game the first eight plays ran through julius randall and he didn't yeah it's friends. just it's very frustrating to me and then the other thing i wanted to say is and i'm sure you agree here you know i i like what leon rose is doing we all do right he makes a really good trade for cam radish uh, uh and, and he doesn't play he doesn't freaking play. It, it makes no sense to me. His ankle's fine. Uh, you know, it's not as if they're on like a 10-game win streak. Like, put the guy in and sit freaking Alec Burks or, or Fournier. Evan Fournier, yeah. Quickly, yeah, I mean, quickly too. I, I, exactly. I, I don't understand what's going on. I'm really confused by Tibbs. I'm, I, like, I just don't get it, and I'm concerned. Like, we, we were set on such a high, and, and now who well, the hell knows? I, I mean, I, I, you know, you know I, I, I go on this um, BigBlueInteractive.com, and, and their forum is the best. And there's inside, all kinds of insiders and cl- guys that claim they have connections, and they're either verified or not verified. But there's one guy who claims he, he works for the Knicks or he's friends with somebody who works for the Knicks. And, some of the stuff he said actually has come to fruition, especially around the draft with McBride and Grimes. He mentioned those as players that they really wanted. And, and you know, there's some other stuff that he said that gives him some credibility. But he swears that Thibs is going is out as coach after this season. So I could believe, yeah. believe that, too. He says that he's already worn out as welcome. Um, you know, he's – but, I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm listen, you know, I, it's hard to say at this point. I mean – you know, he also claims that every player on the Knicks is available except R.J. Barrett. Uh, and they actually have turned down a lot of offers for Obi Toppin also, which surprised me. Mm-hmm. Though these are the things that he claims. Um, apparently, the Knicks are very active. You know, you know, I'll go on my turn now. The Knicks are very active in trade talks. They, they, so he claims that they would never have traded Cam Radish they, if they weren't going to play him and to be patient. He's not, he's not playing today? No, I know. But I think I think they got to get rid of this. You know, they I have a feeling there's a deal to be made with Sacramento, potentially where Julius Randle goes there. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I think if if Julius, there's, there's still teams that are interested in Randle. Apparently, Portland, Sacramento, some teams out west are interested in him. I, I really don't want De'Aaron Fox. It's not even for De'Aaron Fox. It's for Harrison Barnes and draft picks or something. So it's oh. not like it's not even for De'Aaron Fox. So I, you know, I, I would expect the Knicks to do something. But I'll tell you right now, one player that Thibs is not taking out of the rotation for for uh, Cam Reddish is Quentin Grimes. Yeah, he loves I, Quentin Grimes. So I love Quentin Grimes. Yeah, I get so, it. So, but if you do want a, something good with the Knicks, I'm a hundred pages in to Blood Garden, the new book by Chris Herring, which is number six on the bestsellers list. 
It's uh, everything about the 1990s Knicks that you ever want to know. And I'll, I'll and I'll and I'll give you a spoiler. You guys want a spoiler alert from the book? No, uh, no, no, no. Wait a second. No, Hold no on. spoiler alert. No, I just got the book today. I don't want to. All right, all right. Alert. Make sure you read the part about Charles Smith. That is all good right, stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's starts a painful time though. Yeah. yeah. So if you want, you know, if you want to get away from it with the Knicks, uh, definitely, um, definitely read Blood Garden. But my last closing thought is about the high school basketball and our our co-host Brett Merker's son a freshman at Pascag Valley High School playing varsity. Any of us that ever tried to play high school basketball know playing varsity as a freshman is a near impossibility for a lot of different reasons. So kudos for him for that. But that wasn't enough, Brett. Your son went out and apparently scored 20 points in a game last week. Is that true? That is true, yeah. He, That's uh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Yeah, he made varsity, him, him and another kid um, – uh, another freshman and uh you know he's he's been struggling obviously you know a freshman learning plays and uh you know getting used to the coach and um you know we, we he had a, a fantastic game the other day scored 20 points he had five rebounds he was the leading scorer for the team and uh you know he backed it up uh last night with 11 points in another win and Pascac Valley has won six in a row uh, they have a big game tomorrow against Wayne Hills, and uh, he's really excited. The coach is starting to trust him more, and, uh, you know, we're really happy for him. But, yeah, it was a great accomplishment to get, you know, his first, uh, you know, um, basically he he basically carried the team and, and was able to get them to a victory with his 20 points. He's really psyched. That's awesome. We, we invited Devin to uh, appear on today's show for a 30-second segment <laughs> um, because, you know, I'm dying to ask him, and, and, and confirm with him that Seth Kaplan is his biggest basketball influence of his life to this point. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, you know, what I told Pete before we got on here is uh, they have this big game tomorrow. If he has another good game, I will force him to come on and he will tell all he, he, he yeah. will not hold anything back. All right. That, that's the problems we want. We want to have, we, we, you know, listen, we talk about the giants. We talk about the jets, but if our boy, Brett Merker's son, at what was he 13 years old or 12 years no, old? No, 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 he's 15 15, 15, 15 years old. I'm losing track of ages playing varsity basketball. And like, you know, Merkers scored 20 points his entire career out in Westchester. Yeah, I, exactly. So, I have no idea where he gets it from. So, uh, kudos to Devin Merker. So, Brad, I hope you don't mind me uh, bringing that into play here because I know no, you I would, love it. I know you wouldn't. You're way too humble to do that. Nah, I would, I would not do that, but yeah, yeah I appreciate it. Yeah, a, and make sure Devin listens and have all his friends listen. There's nothing more uh, lucrative or, or high profile than being mentioned on this podcast. That's true. So I think that's about it for now. Um, good show. I had a lot of laughs. I definitely needed it after a long week of work. Um, for Brett Merker, the man with the golden voice, and the D-man, I'm Peter Storm. We will be back next week, um, hopefully with a Giants coach and uh, a lot more. And maybe Devin Merker. Until next week, uh, this is the Big Blue Saloon Podcast. Come on,